0: Part Five, Chapters Eight to Ten of the Voyages of Doctor Dolittle by Hugh Lofting. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Eight: The Hanging Stone. But the change of heart in the bag Bagjaggerdags was really sincere. The doctor had made a great impression on them, a deeper one than even he himself realized at the time in fact i sometimes think that that speech of his from the palace steps had more effect upon the indians of spider monkey island than had any of his great deeds which great though they were were always magnified and exaggerated when the news of them was passed from mouth to mouth a sick girl was brought to him as he reached the place where the boats lay she turned out to have some quite simple ailment which he quickly gave the remedy for but this increased his popularity still more and when he stepped into his canoe the people all around us actually burst into tears it seems i learned this afterwards that they thought he was going away across the sea for good to the mysterious foreign lands from which he had come some of the chieftains spoke to the pops petals as we pushed off what they said i did not understand but we noticed that several canoes filled with bag-jagger-dags followed us at a respectful distance all the way back to Popsipetal. The doctor had determined to return by the other shore so that we should be thus able to make a complete trip round the island's shores. Shortly after we started, while still off the lower end of the island, we sighted a steep point on the coast where the sea was in a great state of turmoil, white with soapy froth on going nearer we found that this was caused by our friendly whales who were still faithfully working away with their noses against the end of the island driving us northward we had been kept so busy with the war that we had forgotten all about them but as we paused and watched their mighty tails lashing and churning the sea we suddenly realized that we had not felt cold in quite a long while speeding up our boat lest the island be carried away from us altogether We passed on up the coast and here and there we noticed that the trees on the shore already looked greener and more healthy spider monkey island was getting back into her home climates about halfway to popsipetal we went ashore and spent two or three days exploring the central part of the island our indian paddlers took us up into the mountains very steep and high in this region overhanging the sea and they showed us what they called the whispering rocks this was a very peculiar and striking piece of scenery it was like a great vast basin or circus in the mountains and out of the centre of it there rose a table of rock with an ivory chair upon it all around this mountain went up like stairs or theatre seats to a great height except at one narrow end which was open to a view of the sea you could imagine it a council place or concert hall for giants and the rock table in the center of the stage for performers, or the stand for the speaker. We asked our guides why it was called the Whispering Rocks, and they said, Go down into it, and we will show you. The great bowl was miles deep and miles wide. We scrambled down the rocks, and they showed us how, even when you stood far, far apart from one another, you merely had to whisper in the great place, and everyone in the theater could hear you this was the doctor said on account of the echoes which played backwards and forwards between the high walls of rock our guides told us that it was here
1: in days long gone by when the popsipetals owned the whole of spider monkey island
0: that the kings were crowned the ivory chair upon the table was the throne in which they sat and so great was the big theatre that all the indians in the island were able to get seats in it to see the ceremony they showed us also an enormous hanging stone perched on the edge of a volcano's crater the highest summit in the whole island although it was very far below us we could see it quite plainly and it looked wobbly enough to be pushed off its perch with the hand there was a legend among the people they said that
2: when the greatest of all popsipital kings should be crowned in the ivory chair this hanging stone would tumble into the volcano's mouth and go straight down to the centre of the earth
0: the doctor said he would like to go and examine it closer and when we were come to the lip of the volcano it took us half a day to get up to it we found the stone was unbelievably large big as a cathedral underneath it we could look right down into a black hole which seemed to have no bottom the doctor explained to us that volcanoes sometimes purted up fire from these holes in their tops but that those on floating islands were always cold and dead stubbins he said looking up at the great stone towering above us
3: do you know what would most likely happen if that boulder should fall in no said
1: i what
3: You remember the air chamber, which the porpoises told us lies under the center of the island? Yes. Well, this stone is heavy enough, if it fell into the volcano, to break through into that air chamber from above. And once it did, the air would escape, and the floating island would float no more. It would sink. But then, everybody
2: on it would be drowned, wouldn't they? Said Bumpo.
3: Oh no, not necessarily. That would depend on the depth of the sea where the sinking took place. The island might touch bottom when it had only gone down, say, a hundred feet. But there would be lots of it still sticking up above the water then, wouldn't there?
2: Yes, said Bumpo. I suppose there would. Well, let us hope that the Pandarus fragment does not lose its equilibriosity, for I don't believe it would stop at the center of the earth more likely it would fall right through the world and come out the other side
0: many other wonders there were which these men showed us in the central regions of their island but i have not time or space to tell you of them now descending towards the shore again we noticed that we were still being watched even here among the highlands by the bag who had followed us and when we put to sea once more a boatload of them proceeded to go ahead of us in the direction of popsipetel having lighter canoes they travelled faster than our party and we judged that they should reach the village if that was where they were going many hours before we could the doctor was now becoming anxious to see how long arrow was getting on so we all took turns at the paddles and went on travelling by moonlight through the whole night we reached popsipetel just as the dawn was breaking To our great surprise, we found not only we, but the whole village also had been up all night. A great crowd was gathered about the dead chief's house, and as we landed our canoes upon the beach, we saw a large number of old men, the seniors of the tribe, coming out at the main door. We inquired what was the meaning of all this, and were told that the election of a new chief had been going on all through the whole night. Bumpo asked the name of the new chief but this it seemed had not yet been given out it would be announced at midday as soon as the doctor had paid a visit to long arrow and seeing that he was doing nicely we proceeded to our own house at the far end of the village here we ate some breakfast and then lay down to take a good rest rest indeed we needed for life had been strenuous and busy for us ever since we had landed on the island and it wasn't many minutes after our weary heads struck the pillows that the whole crew of us were sound asleep. Chapter 9. The Election We were awakened by music. The glaring noonday sunlight was streaming in at our door, outside of which some kind of band appeared to be playing. We got up and looked out. Our house was surrounded by the whole population of Popsipetel. We were used to having quite a number of curious and admiring Indians waiting at our door at all hours, but this was quite different. The vast crowd was dressed in its best clothes. Bright beads, gaudy feathers, and gay blankets gave cheerful color to the scene. Everyone seemed in good humor, singing or playing on musical instruments, mostly painted wooden whistles or drums made from skins. We found Polynesia, who, while we slept, had arrived back from Bagdaggerdags. Sitting on her doorpost watching the show, we asked her what all the holiday making was about.
4: The result of the election has just been announced, said she. The name of the new chief was given out at noon. And who is
3: the new chief?
0: asked the doctor. You are, said Polynesia quietly. I? gasped the doctor. Well, of all things, yes, said she,
4: you're the one. And what's more, they've changed your surname for you. They didn't think that Doolittle was a proper or respectful name for a man who had done so much. So now you are to be known as John think a How do you like it?
3: But I don't want to be a chief,
0: said the doctor in an irritable voice.
4: I'm afraid you'll have hard work to get out of it now, said she. Unless you're willing to put to sea again in one of their rickety canoes. You see, you've been elected not merely the chief of the Popsy Petals, you're to be a king, the king of the whole of Spider Monkey Island. The Bag Jagderags, who were so anxious to have you govern them, sent spies and messengers ahead of you, and when they found that you had been elected chief of the Popsy Petals overnight, they were bitterly disappointed. However, rather than lose you altogether, the Bag Jagderags were willing to give up their independence and insisted that they and their lands be united to the popsy petals in order that you could be made king of both so now you're in for it
3: oh lord groaned the doctor i do wish they wouldn't be so enthusiastic bother it i don't want to be a king i should think doctor said i
0: you'd feel rather proud and glad i wish i had a chance to be a king
3: oh i know it sounds grand
0: said he pulling on his boots miserably
3: but the trouble is you can't take up responsibilities and then just drop them again when you feel like it i have my own work to do scarcely one moment have i had to give to natural history since i landed on this island i've been doing someone else's business all the time and now they want me to go on doing it why once i'm made king of the petals, that's the end of me as a useful naturalist i'd be too busy for anything all i'd be then is just a er uh, er uh, just a king well
2: that is something said buppo my father is a king
3: and has a hundred and twenty wives that would make it worse said the doctor a hundred and twenty times worse i have my work to do i don't want to be a king look said polynesia
4: here come the head men to announce your election Hurry up, and get your boots laced.
0: The throng before our door had suddenly parted asunder, making a long lane, and down this we now saw a group of personages coming towards us. The man in front, a handsome old Indian with a wrinkled face, carried in his hands a wooden crown, a truly beautiful and gorgeous crown, even though of wood. Wonderfully carved and painted, it had two lovely blue feathers springing from the front of it, behind the old man came eight strong indians bearing a litter a sort of chair with long handles underneath to carry it by kneeling down on one knee bending his head almost to the ground the old man addressed the doctor who now stood in the doorway putting on
1: his collar and tie o mighty one said he we bring you word from the popsipetal people great are your deeds beyond belief kind is your heart and your wisdom deeper than the sea our chief is dead the people clamour for a worthy leader our old enemies the bag are become through you our brothers and good friends they too desire to bask beneath the sunshine of your smile behold then i bring to you the sacred crown of popsipetal WHICH SINCE ANCIENT DAYS WHEN THIS ISLAND AND ITS PEOPLES WERE ONE, BENEATH ONE MONARCH HAS RESTED ON NO KINGLY BROW. O KINDLY ONE, WE ARE BIDDEN BY THE UNITED VOICES OF THE PEOPLES OF THIS LAND TO CARRY YOU TO THE WHISPERING ROCKS, THAT THERE WITH ALL RESPECT AND MAJESTY YOU MAY BE CROWNED OUR KING, KING OF THE MOVING LAND
0: the good indians did not seem to have even considered the possibility of john doolittle's refusing as for the poor doctor i never saw him so upset by anything it was in fact the only time i have known him to get thoroughly fussed oh dear i heard him murmur looking around wildly for some escape what shall i do
3: did any of you see where i laid that stud of mine how on earth can i get this collar on without a stud what a day this is to be sure maybe it rolled under the bed bumpo i do think they might have given me a day or so to think it over in who ever heard of waking a man right out of his sleep and telling him he's got to be a king before he has even washed his face can't any of you find it maybe you're standing on it bumpo move your feet oh don't bother about your stud said polynesia
4: you will have to be crowned without a collar they won't know the difference
3: I tell you, I am not going to be crowned, cried the doctor. Not if I can help it. I'll make them a speech. Perhaps that will satisfy them.
0: He turned back to the Indians
3: at the door. My friends, he said, I am not worthy of this great honor you would do me. Little or no skill have I in the arts of kingcraft. Assuredly among your own brave men, you will find many better fitted to lead you for this compliment this confidence and trust i thank you but i pray you do not think of me for such high duties which i could not possibly fulfil
0: the old man repeated his words to the people behind him in a louder voice stolidly they shook their heads moving not an inch the old man
1: turned back to the doctor you are the chosen one said he they will have none but you into the doctor's
0: perplexed face suddenly there came a flash of hope i'll go and see long arrow he whispered to me
3: perhaps he will know of some way to get me out of this
0: and asking the personages to excuse him a moment he left them there standing at his door and hurried off in the direction of long arrow's house i followed him we found our big friend lying on a grass bed outside his home where he had been moved that he might witness the holiday-making long arrow said the doctor speaking quickly in eagle tongue so that the bystanders could not
3: overhear in dire peril i come to you for help these men would make me their king if such a thing befall me all the great work i hope to do must go undone for who is there unfreer than a king i pray you speak with them and persuade their kind well-meaning hearts that what they plan to do would be unwise
0: long arrow raised himself upon his elbow o kindly one said he this seemed now to have become the usual manner of address when speaking to the doctor
2: sorely it grieves me that the first wish you ask of me i should be unable to grant alas i can do nothing these people have so set their hearts on keeping you for king that if i tried to interfere they would drive me from their land and likely crown you in the end in any case a king you must be if only for a while we must so arrange the business of governing that you may have time to give to nature secrets later we may be able to hit upon some plan to relieve you of the burden of the crown but for now you must be king these people are a headstrong tribe and they will have their way there is no other course
0: sadly the doctor turned away from the bed and faced about and there behind him stood the old man again the crown still held in his wrinkled hands and the royal litter waiting at his elbow With a deep reverence, the bearers motioned toward the seat of the chair, inviting the white man to get in. Once more the poor doctor looked wildly, hopelessly about him for some means of escape. For a moment I thought he was going to take to his heels and run for it. But the crowd around us was far too thick and densely packed for anyone to break through it. A band of whistles and drums nearby suddenly started the music of a solemn processional march. He turned back pleadingly again to Long Arrow in a last appeal for help, but the big Indian merely shook his head and pointed like the bearers to the waiting chair. At last, almost in tears, John Doodlittle stepped slowly into the litter and sat down, and as he was hoisted on the broad shoulders of the bearers I heard him still feebly muttering beneath his breath
2: Botheration take
3: it. I don't
2: want to be a king. Farewell, called Long Arrow from his bed, and may good fortune ever stand within the shadow of your throne. He comes, he He comes, comes,
0: comes, murmured the crowd.
1: Away, 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 to to the whispering whispering rocks.
0: And as the procession formed up to leave the village, the crowd about us began hurrying off in the direction of the mountains to make sure of good seats in the giant theatre where the crowning ceremony would take place. CHAPTER Ten, THE CORONATION OF KING JONG In my long lifetime I have seen many grand and inspiring things, but never anything that impressed me half as much as the sight of the whispering rocks as they looked on the day KING JONG was crowned. As Bumpo, Chi-Chi, Polynesia, Chip, and I finally reached the dizzy edge of the great bowl and looked down inside it, it was like gazing over a never-ending ocean of copper-colored faces for every seat in the theater was filled. Every man, woman, and child in the island, including Long Arrow, who had been carried up on his sickbed, was there to see the show. Yet not a sound, not a pin drop, disturbed the solemn silence of the whispering rocks. It was quite creepy and sent chills running up and down your spine. Bumpo told me afterwards that it took his breath away too much for him to speak but that he hadn't known before that there were that many people in the world away down by the table of the throne stood a brand new brightly colored totem pole all the indian families had totem poles and kept them set up before the doors of their houses the idea of a totem pole is something like a door plate or a visiting card it represents in its carvings the deeds and qualities of the family to which it belongs this one beautifully decorated and much higher than any other was the doolittle or as it was to be henceforth called the royal think-a-lot totem it had nothing but animals on it to signify the doctor's great knowledge of creatures and the animals chosen to be shown were those which to the indians were supposed to represent good qualities of character such as the deer for speed the ox for perseverance the fish for discretion and so on but at the top of the totem is always placed the sign or animal by which the family is most proud to be known this on the think pole was an enormous parrot in memory of the famous Peace of the parrots the ivory throne had been all polished with scented oil and it glistened whitely in the strong sunlight at the foot of it there had been strewn great quantities of branches of flowering trees with which the new warmth of milder climates were now blossoming in the valleys of the island soon we saw the royal litter with the doctor seated in it slowly ascending the winding steps to the table reaching the flat top at last it halted and the doctor stepped out upon the flowery carpet so still and perfect was the silence that even at that distance above i distinctly heard a twig snap beneath his tread walking to the throne accompanied by the old man the doctor got up upon the stand and sat down. How tiny his little round figure looked when seen from that tremendous height! The throne had been made for longer-legged kings, and when he was seated, his feet did not reach the ground, but dangled six inches from the top step. Then the old man turned round, and looking up at the people, began to speak in a quiet, even voice. But every word he said was easily heard in the furthest corner of the whispering rocks first he recited the names of all the great popsipetal kings who in days long ago had been crowned in this ivory chair he spoke of the greatness of the popsipetal people of their triumphs of their hardships then waving his hands towards the doctor he began recounting the things which the king to be had done but i am bound to say that they easily outmatched the deeds of those who had gone before him as soon as he started to speak of what the doctor had achieved for the tribe the people still strictly silent all began waving their right hands towards the throne this gave to the vast theatre a very singular appearance acres and acres of something moving with never a sound at last the old man finished his speech and stepping up to the chair very respectfully removed the doctor's battered high hat he was about to put it upon the ground, but the doctor took it from him hastily and kept it on his lap. Then, taking up the sacred crown, he placed it upon John Dolittle's head. It did not fit very well, for it had been made for smaller-headed kings, and when the wind blew in freshly from the sunlit sea, the doctor had some difficulty in keeping it on, but it looked very splendid turning once more to the people the old man said
1: men of popsipetal behold your elected king are you content and then at last the voice of the people broke loose Chong! Chong!
0: they shouted
1: long live king Chong!
0: the sound burst upon the solemn silence with the crash of a hundred cannon there where even a whisper carried miles the shock of it was like a blow in the face Back and forth the mountains threw it to one another. I thought the echoes of it would never die away as it passed rumbling through the whole island, jangling among the lower valleys, booming in the distant sea caves. Suddenly I saw the old man point upward to the highest mountain in the island, and looking over my shoulder, I was just in time to see the hanging stone topple slowly out of sight down into the heart
1: of the volcano. See ye, men of the moving land, the old man cried. The stone has fallen, and our legend has come true. The King of Kings is crowned this day.
0: The doctor, too, had seen the stone fall, and he was now standing up looking at the sea expectantly. He is thinking of the air chamber, said Bumpo in my ear. Let us hope that the sea isn't very deep in these parts. After a full minute—so long did it take the stone to fall that depth—we heard a muffled, distant, crunching thud, and then immediately after, a great hissing of escaping air. The doctor, his face tense with anxiety, sat down in the throne again, still watching the blue water of the ocean with staring eyes. Soon we felt the island slowly sinking beneath us. We saw the sea creep inland over the beaches as the shores went down. One foot, three feet, ten feet, twenty, fifty, a hundred. And then, thank goodness gently as a butterfly alighting on a rose, it stopped. Spider-Monkey Island had come to rest on the sandy bottom of the Atlantic, and Earth was joined to Earth once more. Of course, many of the houses near the shores were now under water. Popsipetel village itself had entirely disappeared but it didn't matter no one was drowned for every soul in the island was high up in the hills watching the coronation of king john the indians themselves did not realize at the time what was taking place though of course they had felt the land sinking beneath them the doctor told us afterwards that it must have been the shock of that tremendous shout coming from a million throats at once that had toppled the hanging stone off its perch. But in Popsipetal history, the story was handed down, and it is firmly believed to this day, that when King Jong sat upon the throne, so great was his mighty weight, that the very island itself sank down to do him honor, and never moved again. End of Part 5